0: Before we get to the show, I want to make sure you know about our podcast, Making Marketing. It's a show where Shereen Patuk talks to the biggest names in the marketing world about the decisions they make in the business every day. Check it out. It's on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and Anchor.fm. Or you can go to digiday.com and learn more. Hello and welcome to DigiDay Live, our podcast where we bring you the best sessions from our many summits around the world. I'm Aditi Sangal, and in today's session from the DigiDay Retail Forum, Hilary Milne speaks to David Konberg, President and CEO at Express. Express launched a new store concept in NYC dedicated to the modern worker. It's a testing ground for a number of experiential activations that the 38-year-old retailer is hoping to roll out to its 600-plus stores. Hear from the Express CEO as he walks us through the store of the future.
1: How many stores does Express have?
2: We have just over 600 stores. 600 and stores. And obviously our website, which is um, our largest store.
1: And that has e-commerce outpaced physical retail?
2: It has outpaced it over the past couple of years, but I think that there are signs that physical retail is definitely coming back.
1: Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. but how many stores? So you have 600 now. Yeah. How many did you have five
2: years ago? Oh, we were close to 1,000 stores. About 10 years ago, we were at right. about 1,000 stores, yeah. and we've definitely pulled back. And we've also um, changed the store to have more factory outlet stores and converted some of our retail stores into factory outlet stores.
1: Mm-hmm. So you, you did some. Slicing and dicing and changing of the strategy. Yeah. What do you think needed to change about the store? Like, why were we hearing so much about why physical retail was dead or going to die?
2: Well, I think a big part of why physical retail was um, going through a very tough time was part of it was consumer confidence, um, and the other aspect of it was uh, clearly the convenience of e commerce um, and the way in which it is so much easier for people to shop online now than it was three years ago than it was five years ago, and definitely what it was 10 years ago. So it's definitely, definitely changed. Um, So what we've done uh, is we have changed one of our stores, um, which is literally up the street, uh, 51st and Madison. um, And we created uh, what is a first uh, to market, first to retail concept, where to work store. Um, We are very well known for where to work as a category. Um, And if you look at that corridor in that area around 51st and Madison, there are a lot of pure play players who have been opening there over the last couple of years. And we wanna make sure obviously as Express that we continue to be relevant. We're gonna be 40 years old in the next couple of years. And we have constantly got to change. We've got to adapt to what our consumers needs are. um, And we put a lot of work into uh, trying to create a more experiential store. Um, There is... uh, Programming that goes on in the store. There is style advice that goes into the store Uh, There is a lot of work that we've done in terms of digital um, and technology uh, To make it an interactive experience for our customers. Uh, So we put a lot of effort into that Um, and uh, the store opened in April uh, And uh, it's been doing very well very well indeed. We've learned a lot So it's been a good lab Mm -hmm.
1: and that's the first one that opened
2: that is the first one and we're starting on looking at how to roll out that idea. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a new store that is going to be opening, well we're refurbing our store in Cherry Creek in Denver and we're taking a lot of the ideas that have made uh, Madison Avenue and we're rolling that out.
1: So tell us a bit more in depth about the technology that's in stores, because I feel like you hear different things from different brands, They've, um, what role technology should play because you got people out of, out of the house into the store do you need to put a screen in front of their face? Does it work? Does it work at scale? It's expensive, like people have their phones on them. That's the hardware kind of that, that's already in place. What did you do on the technology front?
2: So the way we think about technology is clearly, you know, central to our business and central to our brand is the product. Um, but technology is an enabler. Technology is an enabler for product. And it's an, en- an enabler for making the customer's experience with the store easier Um, easier to navigate Um, and when you think about what technology is really about, technology is there uh, to, as I said, one, make it more convenient for the customer to shop with your brand, but secondly, it is a way of utilizing your assets and uh, and utilizing your assets in a way in which you can monetize them for your business in a better way. Mm -hmm. Um, So some of the technology that we've put in there is really styling related. Uh, so you can make appointments online to be able to uh, go in and be styled by one of our styling experts. Uh, In the store, we have screens where you can see different outfit combinations that can be put together. So for instance, nine styles, 33 different ways of wearing those styles. Um, We have charging stations in the store. Uh, We have interactive kiosks, but really trying to bring technology as the enabler of selling what is already great product and changing the look and the feel of the store because the customer is so used to working with technology in their day, daily mm-hmm. life.
1: Right. And so when you were plotting out what this new store concept would look like, mm. who was in the room? Because I, we've heard today that stores are becoming online brands, one of their biggest marketing channels, because mm. it's, it's an ad, it's awareness, you can, you can also sell. So who, who was you know really on the front lines of deciding was like the marketing team involved the technology teams like and how has that changed since how you might have done something 10 15 years ago it's really
2: changed a lot and um it's really look it's about looking at it competitively what's going on in the marketplace you know when you are a big business which we are we do 2.3 billion dollars a year in sales and you see that there are a lot of micro brands that have come into the world over the last few years they are really driving their businesses through technology. So in terms of who is in the room, we've got to listen to our customer. We've got to understand what is easy and what is convenient for our customer. But obviously we had the technology team. We have the marketing team. We have our merchants talking about how best to utilize the product and how best to show off the product. Um, And constantly challenging our assumptions of the way in which things have been done in the past to make sure that it is easier in terms of the customers. um, Should I put this? Should I put this down? there's a whole side of people <laughs> that I can't talk to over here. I,
1: you know, I thought about that, but I wasn't going to take a it. I feel bad about it. Yeah, just toss okay. it. <laughs> there's, a, yeah.
2: there's a whole world of customers out there who want to interact with us, and we have to listen to them. We have to understand what they're saying on social media, um, and we have to build it into the way in which we're thinking about the store of the future, and that's kind of how we, we built this store at 51st of Madison.
1: Mm-hmm. And so what is your insight into the customer, and then how are you using that differently? I'm sure because that like, the customer data, like where they shop, what they want to return online versus in store, why they come in store, I'm sure that, that played a big part. Do you have to look at customer data differently today?
2: I, look, at the end of the day, it's about listening to your customer in any way that you can, mm-hmm. and there are so many different forms to listen to your customer, whether it's e- e-commerce reviews, on the items that you're selling online, whether it's from social media, whether it's talking directly to the customer. You know, you talked about Amazon earlier. An advantage that we have over Amazon is we have 600 locations where we actually have human beings in those locations. And we can hear from those human beings. And what we've done is we're working with some other organizations as well so that we can speed up the flow of information in terms of what we're hearing. So now we're working with Workplace from Facebook so that we can understand from the field exactly what the, cu- what the store associates are hearing from the customers and really move it into the business and act on it very, very quickly. So yeah, there are more ways of hearing from the customer, mm-hmm. but it's gotta be central to the way in which we work.
1: Right, so it's opening up that, that data and insight channel from the stores to like the headquarters where decisions where exactly. might be made.
2: And also, You know, not keeping people behind the walls of headquarters, getting people out into the stores so that they can hear directly from the customer in terms of what it is. Right. Because stores are still the largest part of our organization.
1: And I think the store employee piece is really interesting because, like you said, it's a big resource. It's a lot of people that are dealing with customers on the front line every day. But how have you sort of, as a company, approached their role differently? Because I feel like we've all been at our at a local store at the mall and the person working there is maybe 18 years old and they don't they're not on the same page of what you guys as a company and organization are trying to do how have you upgraded that
2: experience how have we upgraded the experience for the customer
1: to communicate with the store associate from the like training communication perspective that
3: way
2: right okay so really there are so many ways in which you can train your associates now in a way in which we couldn't in in the past. Mm -hmm. So there are things like electronic learning, e-learning, which we use as ways of um, informing them about product. Uh, We have a monthly magazine that comes out to the store associates that's talking about launches that are gonna be coming out over the next few weeks, et cetera. Um, But then there are other tools that we can use in terms of improving the way in which we're serving our customers and that things like Google, Uh, local Google uh, reviews are a great way for us to be able to hear immediately um, what our customers are thinking about our stores. Um, I go online and I look at 51st and Madison and I can see immediately what they're saying about the store Mm -hmm. and um, so there is immediate uh, always-on information that you can get in terms of customer insights and they are it's critical. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely critical today in, right. in keeping relevant today and in the future.
1: Yeah, and so and how is where you invest your resources on the storefront? How has that changed? Obviously, you have the the retail concept store. I'm, I'm sure that was that its own mm. project. But what about like the day to day? Is it the more important background logistics that you can buy something online and return it in the stores? Is it training employees that are on the front lines every day? How are you allocating resources? Because you are a big brand, you have that advantage, of yeah. I'm sure it's just changing the way you use the, the, it.
2: The role of the store has changed today from what it was five and 10 years ago, definitely. There's no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. Um, there are less, basically based on the size of our e-commerce business and other people's e-commerce businesses, what you see is there are less transactions that are happening in store. So the store itself is no longer just the store of the past where people come in to buy the product, and leave. It is a branding experience, mm-hmm. it's uh, obviously a marketing vehicle, it's a logistics centre. Mm-hmm. So the way in which our technology has evolved is we now ship from store. Mm-hmm. So you could be ordering a site an item on express.com, it may have sold out from our distribution centre in Kentucky, but it's actually being fulfilled from a store uh, which is three miles down the road from where you live. So the role of the store and the way in which the store is is evolving is it's providing service, it's selling, it's acting as a marketing vehicle and it's acting as a logistics vehicle as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So the way in which we think about staffing and allocating the hours to the stores has definitely changed. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, and it's got to be done in a way in which you're thinking about time and motion studies and you understand when is the store the busiest, how are you allocating the hours by times Mm -hmm. Uh, when do you want to have the store associates picking the product for ship from store what time of the day is the best time when are you going to get the pickup from FedEx or UPS we are going to come in and pick up the items that are going to be shipped out so it's constantly constantly changing and you've got to react to that
1: it sounds like it's gotten a lot harder to (laughs) be in retail you you have to think about so many more things
2: it's it is definitely more complex than Mm -hmm. it was and I think about when I started in retail I started in retail in the UK in 1989 at Marks and Spencer, uh-huh. and we had no e-commerce.
1: Yeah, life was good.
2: And it was purely all about the store. Right. Um, but I think it's actually better, and I think it's more customer-centric today. Mm-hmm. Of course. Definitely.
1: And so, how's that changed? How you sort your teams? We talk about silos all the time, and, and the then we were talking earlier. How does the e-commerce team communicate with the in-store team? Are you working towards a place where that's all unified? And then where does data
2: fall? I, that's a very, very good question. Um, so recently have made a change to the, um, within the executive team uh, to create the role of a chief customer experience officer. Mm-hmm. Um, so really the role of the chief customer experience officer is around um, purely forward facing towards the customer and the person who is in that role has responsibility for marketing has responsibility for e-commerce and has responsibility for stores. Mm -hmm. So that we can ensure that the operations within the business are providing a seamless experience to the customer, Mm -hmm. whether they're shopping online, they're shopping in stores, or they're shopping in our factory outlet stores. Mm -hmm. Um, And the operational teams have been merging in a way in which um, we can continue to be driven by what the customer wants from us Mm -hmm. um, and provide them with what they need.
1: Because you can't have competing goals. You can't. In wherever it's Not at all. And
2: if you have store people who are in the store resenting what's happening in e-commerce, mm-hmm. you have a major problem on your hands.
1: Right. So how do you, in terms of the data that informs those teams, that's all, is that integrated into that customer experience piece as well?
2: Absolutely. And uh, also within this role of um, chief customer experience officer is uh, customer data and analytics Mm -hmm. um, which also feeds in through him Mm
1: -hmm. so what do you think has changed the most about who the express customer is you mentioned obviously you've always been in the workwear space Mm -hmm. but now we have all these brands that come up and say oh we're going to service woman who doesn't like goes from work to out like they're acting like there's this huge gap in the market for that how have you adapted to just the messaging that that um, younger brands have, have kind of come into the market and made it more competitive
2: i think the way we think about our customer is um The person who has always shopped at Express, uh, clearly the people who have left us have left us and have moved on and they've grown older and uh, maybe their daughters and their sons are are shopping at Express now today Mm -hmm. with the fact that we're 40 years old. Um, But in terms of the way in which we think about the Express customer and what we know is that the Express customer is really, it's a game changer. Uh, It's somebody who is looking for what's next in their life. Uh, They're young, they're in their 20s, early 30s. Uh, they are on the career ladder um, and they're looking to achieve um, and really are everyday achievers in terms of the way in which they're thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, We love our Express customers while we have them um, and then there's a point in their life when they bought Express dresses and maybe they're moving on and they want to buy Gucci or they want to buy Dolce & Gabbana and they can afford to buy Gucci and Dolce & Gabbana, mm-hmm. but they were delighted with the fashion that they had when they could afford it from Express. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of the product that we're providing our customer with it's really it's uh, as emma said it's about fit mm-hmm. uh, in many ways um, but it's about fashion it's about quality and it's about value mm-hmm. and a high perceived value in terms of the product
1: right and but do you spend more on marketing now than than you might have in the past um, online
2: we do um, in terms of our overall uh, marketing budget uh, it's stayed pretty static over the last couple of years mm-hmm. Um, we're at around four to five percent of our sales uh, that we spend on on marketing in total.
1: Interesting. And, and where do the stores, like, where does the store narrative fall into that that message?
2: Where does the store narrative? Yeah, like, do you,
1: are you pushing people into stores? Like, do you? Well, we do a
2: lot of work with uh, outside companies in terms of measuring how we're driving store traffic and mm-hmm. the way in which we can. Right. Um, so obviously, we work with a lot of the big companies, whether it's. Uh, the likes of Instagram whether it's Facebook whether it's uh, Google um, Pinterest etc mm-hmm. um who are able to get the measurements and the statistics in terms of how we're pushing the customer to the store based on the marketing that we're doing right and um, we're constantly measuring that and we're constantly looking at it
1: right and that's you're changing something like your retail store concept like you have here in New York and yeah. and you know we just heard from a brand like Good American that's saying like you just own who you are as a brand cuz you know we see it like brands feel like they have to appeal to this customer that maybe they never had to talk to before, and they're changing things that they do in order to appeal to them today. How do you, how do you think that you're evolving while staying true to who Express has always been, so it's not like a jolt?
2: I think it's uh, the way in which you think about your merchandising strategy, and mm-hmm. it's also about the way in which you think about your marketing strategy. Um, and um, Express has always been about fashion. Mm-hmm. It's always been about thinking forward, looking forward, thinking about what's next, whether it's in your life, whether it's about where you're going to go tonight, where you're going to go this evening. Um, The world of where to work has changed very much. Um, We have done a lot of work in terms of remaining relevant. Um, We did a survey uh, with the Levo Institute um, a few months ago, really to understand more deeply uh, insights into the way in which the customer is thinking about where to work and how that has changed. And the view of where to work being essentially nine to five is no longer the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really about nine tonight. Mm-hmm. And uh, what people are looking for is they're looking for more versatile clothing, mm-hmm. Cloth- clothing that they can wear to a meeting, uh, wear <laughs> in the co-working space that they're working in, mm-hmm. um, and then go to a bar in the evening. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are constantly doing that kind of research. Um, as I said, listening to our customer, talking to our customer, Um, And hearing from them how their world has changed Um, and the fact that Express is still very relevant 40 years after we were born compared to many fashion brands Mm -hmm. who don't necessarily last as long um, I think speaks to the fact that we are relevant and we do uh, Keep on top of what is important whether it's trends whether it's the way in which people are living their lives We're not segmented to one um, area of people's lifestyles um, so we are about where to work, we're about after work, what you wear in the evening, um, and uh, we also have casual clothing as well, mm-hmm. and jeans wear. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, it's, it's, it's the beauty of our business is that we do uh, cross over those wearing occasions right. and we are not subject to the certain trends that some are subject to. And, and it can hurt them because they can't evolve mm-hmm. within.
1: Right, what about freshness, newness, and speed to market? I, I, I feel like maybe customers aren't, aren't thinking in those terms, but if you go to a store, like people are used to seeing new things all the time, so how have you updated your processes to uh, reflect new things in the store so when people walk in, it, it feels fresh?
2: Part of it is, uh, is the delivery of goods mm-hmm. um, and the way in which we're delivering goods. Uh, the frequency within which we deliver the goods to the store. Uh, We do monthly floor sets, but obviously we have deliveries of product every single week. Mm. Um, And the stores are adapting um, the look and feel of the store to make sure that it's looking fresh to the customer whenever they're walking in or whether they're walking past a window as well because that's clearly an important attraction tool.
1: Right, has that cadence sped up, but like that weekly drop in like monthly? Oh, it's absolutely
2: sped up. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely sped up. And also our speed to market has to speed up as well. Right, Um, what's
1: your uh, production cycle right now?
2: Well, it depends on the category, but in terms of the lead times, what we do is we platform fabrics uh, early on in the season and we kind of leverage those fabrics across different styles Mm -hmm. so that we can move very, very fast. So there are gonna be knit products that we're getting into in four to six weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, there are woven products that we're getting into in two and a half, three months.
1: Because mm-hmm. relevancy can be as simple as having product in store that reflects the temperature outside. I right. think repos exactly. are, are, you know, sort of changing now. Totally. though. It wasn't always like that. Totally. So as you are evolving, do you think that, and closing stores and rethinking what the store looks like, you have this experience in, in New York, you're gonna open another one in Denver, but how do you scale that new concept. Is it supposed to be something that will eventually get to every single store? Well there
2: are ways in which you can scale it which aren't necessarily exact to the way in which it's being done. Just
1: sort of borrowing. So business.
2: there are things that we're doing in that store, whether it's navigation, mm-hmm. whether it's some of the uses of technology that we can scale very quickly across the country. Mm-hmm. Um whether it's the layout of the store, the look and feel of the store, the way in which we are either reducing choice counts or increasing choice counts, it makes a a big difference, and you can scale that very, very quickly. Mm -hmm. Uh, In terms of generally the real estate, uh, most leases you see are up for renewal Mm -hmm. every few years, and that's when you really want to do a refresh to the store, and that's how you go about doing it. Um, In terms of depreciating uh, an update to a store over a very small period of time doesn't make it viable in terms of constantly changing and updating the store.
1: Right. So a lot
2: of it's determined by the lease time that you have.
1: And is it necessarily a bad thing if if some stores need to close? Do you feel like you're kind of rewriting the business from maybe it was over retailed and now it's- Absolutely. And
2: we have to look at each individual market differently Mm -hmm. Um, and that's the way in which we do it. Mm -hmm. So there are certain markets where we have closed stores. There are markets where we have converted stores from being retail, full-price retail stores into being factory outlet stores. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and then there are the most important malls where you just have to be in. It's not even a negotiable.
1: So it's not bad to be a mall brand?
2: It's not bad to be a mall brand.
1: I feel like it's okay. gotten a bad rap lately. It has had a
2: bad rap for the last <laughs> couple of years, but it's uh, bricks and mortar is alive and well.
1: So to, on the point of the mall, how do you sort of look at your mall strategy? Because I'm sure there are some malls you really want to be in, but I'm sure there are a lot of malls that maybe not so much anymore. So how do you sort of plan that out?
2: Well, I think it's looking at each MSA, as mm-hmm. I said. Um, and it's, it's looking at the sales over a period of time, looking at the sales that are transferable to e-commerce sales, mm-hmm. uh, sales that would be transferable to other stores in the area um and we have monthly real estate meetings where we're literally going through the fleet Mm -hmm. um, and discussing where stores are in the individual life cycle of their lease and what actions we potentially have to take
1: right so so 10 years ago you said you had close to a thousand stores Mm. now you're at 600 if you were to look 10 years from now where do you see express's stores and and e-commerce working together what does that look like 10 years
2: i look i E-commerce is definitely becoming more important. Uh There's no doubt about it. It's gonna continue down that path. Um, I think that there is a place in the future where you're probably gonna be looking at a 50-50 split between e-commerce and bricks and mortar. Um, But you have to have the flexibility built into your leases Mm -hmm. to be able to make money on those leases, um, but also to be able to get out of those leases as and when you need to. Mm -hmm. So we've done a lot of work in terms of renegotiating the renewals that we've had um, to make sure that we have the most flexibility that we can have.
1: Right, because I'm sure it's all about making smart decisions accordingly.
2: As and when you need to, right. and you've got to be pragmatic. Mm-hmm. You've got to be pragmatic, and yeah. you've got to make your decisions based on what gives you the most economic value. Mm-hmm.
1: So you feel hopeful about, about the store even 10 years from now?
2: Absolutely, and I think that, you know, we've talked about some of the experiential elements. That's only going to continue. Mm-hmm. You know, you look down the street here at what's going on with the American Dream Mall. Mm-hmm which is just going to be spectacular. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's gonna be an entertainment experience um, and it's a mall that stores are gonna have to be in.
1: Right, so the mall itself is changing and you wanna find the good ones. Absolutely. Um, Great, I wanna leave some time for questions. Does anyone have any questions for David? Yeah, we have a few right over here.
4: David, you talked about um, how you were creating a seamless experience uh, for the customer between the online world and your stores. Can you share a little bit um, of detail around how you organizationally structure uh, teams, specifically around you know, how, how you typically, or at least what I've seen is in, in companies, you have uh, teams that are responsible for the e-commerce portion of the business, and they have their goals and you know all of that, and then you have your, your brick and mortar, your, your biz- business, and you have teams around, uh, around that side of the business. Uh, and they have their own goals, but there is competition amongst them and sometimes it's healthy and sometimes it gets it's at the detriment of the business overall. And so um, how do you deal with that internally? Uh, organizationally, are you separated completely in terms of here's the e-commerce team and, and they have their goals and here's the online team, uh, I mean here's the brick and mortar team uh, how do you deal with that, and how do Well, you first of all,
2: from a, a home office standpoint and from a leadership standpoint, everybody works by the same incentive plan. Okay? So there's literally one incentive plan. I think what you're referring to is how the store team operates in terms of achieving their goals and their targets. Is that what you're referring to?
4: Yes. And, and so that... So you if know, you're a store customer. manager
2: in 51st and Madison, how is that planned?
4: No, not, not. well if you're a store manager there at 51st and Madison and a customer walks in and you don't have something in stock uh, to, you know, easily and and push the customer online, who gets credit for that sale? Is it the online business? Is it the store? That's a really good question
2: and it is a constant, constant question in terms of the way in which we think about it and the way in which we should attribute sales. Um, I think that ultimately Culturally, what you have to do is get people to understand that we win and we succeed together as a team, and that's the most important thing. So part of that, and part of the way of looking at that, is to look at the store sales specifically um, in a way in which, at the end of the day, they understand what their total sales were, what their e-commerce sales were, what their total adjusted sales are in terms of their net sales. So what you're doing is you're taking out some of the e-commerce element, all right? So if what you're seeing is e-commerce returns to stores are increasing, all right? So if we're doing $500 million a year online, okay? Growing 20%-ish, okay? You're going to see a really... Massive incremental rate in terms of what the returns are going to stores because a larger part of your returns are going to stores All right, you have to staff the store appropriately Because they have to reprocess they have to think about the way in which they're they're managing it e-commerce Which you know is an endless aisle is? uh, They're returning e-commerce exclusives which can't be put out again in the store So you have to set so many different things in terms of allocating hours to the store, allocating the hours to the way in which they can process e-commerce returns, allocating hours in the way in which they can ship from store and do the work that's required against that. But really, they have to be focused on serving the customer, not serving themselves. And that's the way we have to think about it. I don't think we're at the perfect place yet in terms of how we allocate it. But we're starting to think much more of stores looking at their adjusted sales as opposed to their total net sales because there's such a big amount of e-commerce returns that come back to the store.
1: Great. One last question. With um, looking at stores as you know, experiential and, and really brand and you know, awareness engines, how are you? What, what measurement tools do you have? Because it's not just now sales per square foot, right? It's like a whole different KPI. So how are, you, how are you looking at that? I
2: think part of it is looking at the total market and looking at the total market from the amount of sales that are done in e-commerce versus the amount of sales that are being done in the stores so that you're looking at Columbus, Ohio as a whole. You're looking at Dallas as a whole and understanding it. That's the way in which we're measuring it. That's the way in which we have to look at it. And is the market shrinking or is the market growing as a whole? And that's the approach that we have to take. But in terms of key performance indicators for individuals, uh, we set the goals in total in terms of what the business has to achieve for the season, Uh, whether it's operating income, whether it's net income, um, whether it's comp store growth. And that's the way we think about
1: it. Great. Great. Well, thank you so much, David. Thank you.
0: That's all for this episode. Thanks for listening. If you liked our show, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or Anchor.fm. Stay tuned. We'll be back next week with another episode.